So, okay, explain to me the type of communism it's identifying you as. Okay. Um, that's a good question. I don't know a lot about council communism, to be honest. I've never even heard of council communism. I had not heard of it either until I took this quiz. But according to Google, council communism, <coughs> excuse me, is a current of socialist thought that emerged in the 1920s. Um, it was characterized by its opposition to state communism and socialism, its advocacy of workers' councils in Soviet democracy. Um, it's strong in Germany and the Netherlands until the 20s, during the 20s. Um, it's a minority on the left. Um, they're opposed to the concept of vanguardism, which is popular in Leninism, which is good because I'm opposed to vanguardism. Could you briefly explain what vanguardism is? Vanguardism is the idea that we, to have a revolution, you need a vanguard party of like a special, I guess you could call them the crack, the crack troops, the revolution, the ones who do have class consciousness that are the ones actually marching in the streets, and then the rest of the masses will eventually follow along over time, hopefully is the idea of vanguardism. Um, personally, my preference would be to just disseminate um, the theory and the beliefs throughout the masses equally without a need for special elite vanguard because quite often the vanguard then tries to... Uh, enforce its own form of authoritarianism and then you don't really get anywhere with your revolution so the vanguard essentially has a tendency to become corrupt historically yes and so what what's a proposed way to regulate the vanguard um i think the best way to do it is to just not have a vanguard just get everybody on board or almost everybody because the vanguard would be like you're 3% of the population that does most of the revolutioning. That's the ones who are in the newspapers and everything. Your great leaders like your Lenins, your Castros, those folks, your your Maos. Um, but what my preference would be would be to get a much higher percentage than the Vanguard. So like 30% higher, 50%, 60% of the population already agreeing that yes, we do need to change things. As opposed to just, you got that small group of radical revolutionaries, and everyone else just kind of follows along. That just leads you back into authoritarianism. Interesting, interesting. So when, when people say that true communism has never been tried, do you agree with that statement? Um, kind of. I would say not, not exactly, because I don't think... You can say what is true communism. That feels very gatekeeping to me. I think that the correct form of communism, the best form of communism, has never been tried, which is in anarcho-socialism, anarcho-syndicalism, or anarcho-communism, which actually I think it has been tried in some small groups and has generally succeeded except from outside pressures like um, CIA counter groups or other authoritarian communist groups basically coming in and killing them all. Um, so I think when it has been tried, it's generally succeeded, except if it weren't for the forces of outside factors. Hmm, interesting. What are some of the nations that have tried it? Um, as a whole, there haven't been any. One of the big reasons being because anarcho-communism rejects the idea of nations. Um... But some movements that have done it, um, 
Rojava in the northern Syria, which is the Kurdish movement. They have a not quite anarcho-communism, but it's a very decentralized uh, communalist society, which is pretty close. Um, the Zapatistas in northern Mexico, who are mostly indigenous peoples, who've been fighting against the oppression of the Mexican government for decades. Um, in Ukraine, um, the, those were the ones who were affected by the Holodomor, right? That were basically eliminated by Stalin and his people. The Paris Commune, which lasted for a little while. Um, I think there were some small select groups during the Spanish Revolution in the 30s, but they got sold out by the others because typically the authoritarian communists have quite often sold out the ANCOMs in favor of nationalism and fascism because they would prefer that to anarchism because they would rather see uh, any form of authoritarianism as opposed to decentralization. So you, you're pro-decentralization. Yes. Let's, let's take like the Soviet Union, for example. They became quite centralized. Very centralized. And from your framework, that, that was a, a mistake. Yes. Had they decentralized, could the USSR be still viable today, do you think? I think, I think so. Because um, I definitely think that they could have decentralized and still kept roughly their political boundaries, protected themselves from foreign um, forces, um, specifically mostly because the countries closest to them weren't that strong of countries anyways. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think they could have. What do you, what do you take of the uh, claim that Bernie Sanders is a socialist or a communist? He's do you, not. <laughs> how do you see Bernie? Bernie Sanders is a very pro progressive person. At most, he's a democratic socialist, but he's not really a socialist. He is just a very progressive capitalist. If anything, he is the best bet for capitalists right now um, because their best option is to try, it would be in my mind, to try to get Bernie Sanders in to the presidency, pass just enough measures to placate the people, make people think, oh yeah, things are getting better, we don't have to worry about it. Um, these issues are a thing of the past, we can forget them, and they would be fine for another 15 to 20 years. Um, but Bernie Sanders, on the other hand, he is also a very good step in the right direction, but he does not reach the full point where he should be going. When people criticize communism, what do you think is the most popular criticism of it? I think I'd have to say the authoritarian nature of it. Um, specifically because whenever it thinks of communism, they think of China, North Korea, uh, the Soviet Union, Cuba, places like that. Places that are very authoritarian in nature because that's the form of communism that they've accepted. Um, and people think of a lack of freedom, which, at least especially here in the United States, we like to think that we have freedom, regardless of whether or not we actually do. So there's been an association with communism, with authoritarianism, and a, and a lack of freedom. Yes. And 
it's a sort of a scaled up version of what happens with the vanguard is that essentially an entire state becomes authoritarian. Yes. And in order to enforce the communism, they have to deprive the people of liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, J. J. Edgar Hoover called the Soviet Union red fascists, which is actually one of the few points that I would agree with J. Edgar Hoover J. Edgar Hoover on. Mm-hmm. Um, in that they were authoritarian to the point of basically being fascist, but with some communist tendencies. Mm-hmm. Suppose someone were to suggest to you okay. that it's unfeasible to ever get uh, enough cooperation among humans in order to enact something like anarcho-communism mm-hmm. that is in some ways failing to consider human nature. This is an argument I've heard against why 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 yes. capitalism works and why, why communism um, fails. Well, first off, I'd like to point out that that's also what they said about civil rights and gay marriage. But I'd say the biggest thing would actually be a book that I happen to have with me right now um, that I checked out from the library. We have one copy of it here on campus. It's called... Mutual Aid um, is an evolutionary factor, written by Peter Kropotkin, who was originally a Russian prince and was basically became the grandfather of anarcho-communism. And he was a biologist and a geologi- geographer mm-hmm. who he went to Siberia to work for the Russian government in the 1880s, 1890s. And basically he took... And did biological work, or yeah, biological work, mm-hmm. survey work, kind of like Darwin. Mm-hmm. But he came to a different conclusion than that of Darwin. The idea um, that Kropotkin came to was that of mutual aid. That societies, that species, um, progress most and are most successful not when there's competition between species, when there's survival of the fittest, but when they work together. Um, for example, a herd of caribou is safe because it's a herd. A pack of wolves manages to get food because they work as a pack. Um, bees manage to get pollen because they work in unison. And Kropotkin's ideas, which he then, in the second half of the book, um, extrapolates to humans, is that we as humans and as a society are just like that, in that in our brains we are wired to work together. Um, in our brains that that is, that is our real human nature and that it's systems like capitalism and feudalism that have pitted us against ourselves but that if we embrace that mutual aid which is innate within us we will progress much greater and much faster than we have ever done before mm-hmm. uh, so a question might arise that if that is our natural nature uh, wouldn't it spontaneously emerge? The argument would be our natural nature is for things to become disruptive and chaotic. And we have to put great effort into buttressing ourselves against corruption. Mm. And if it were our natural nature to be so cooperative, then it wouldn't take incentive. It would just spontaneously organize itself. Like a caribou tribe doesn't have a council that says, here are the rules for our society. They organize in it. And when you give humans the chance to organize into their systems, it seems that what we observe are authoritarian 
uh, tyrant type dynamics. Mm-hmm. Caribous also aren't typically indoctrinated from birth into believing that capitalism isn't a system that will work for them. Um, when a caribou family is born, or when a caribou calf is born, it's not raised as seeing this one caribou as being the head of all the caribou. Um, so I think that the reason that we don't do that is because this indoctrination, this level of teaching society, our culture, has taught us for so long that that's not the case um, due to tyranny and whatnot that has existed for generations that we are grown up and raised believing that it is in our nature to compete one with another even though that really isn't I think the would you consider yourself Rousseauian in in that way where you think that humans are basically born good is that Rousseau or is that Hobbes no which one it's Rousseau. Yes, I would generally say so. I think that humans are generally born good and then corrupted um, by society. There's a song in the musical South Pacific. First, I thought you were going to say the musical South Park. <laughs> I think it's Hobbes who suggested that humans are born corrupt. Yeah, so he kind of took the other the other extreme you've got to be carefully taught from the musical south pacific that it reads something like this you've got to be taught to hate and fear you've got to be taught from year to year it's got to be drummed in your little your dear little ear you've got to be carefully taught you've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made and people whose skin is a different shade you've got to be carefully taught You've got to be taught before it's too late, before you are six or seven or eight, to hate all the people your relatives hate. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be carefully taught. And so I think it's basically that. Children don't hate other children because they're a different skin color. Children don't hate other children because they're richer or poorer than each other. Children, as they grow up, start to hate other children, other adolescents, other adults because they were taught that way. I think our human nature is good, but our societies are corrupt. So let's say then whose responsibility is it to teach the children uh, to cooperate? Everyone's. So let's say the revolution is happening. Who is going to bear that responsibility? If it's decentralized and there's not uh, a a school system controlled um, by the state do you leave that in the hands of individual parents and families to I think I very much think that there still will be a school system it will be a school system that is run and chosen by the community there will still definitely be teachers um, and they'll be doing their work and teaching um, the schools will be organized communally it's like the old saying says it takes a village to raise a child so I think that as communities work together to raise children, um, recognizing that there is diversity within a community, they will teach that diversity to the children. Mm. Do you think that some people might find such a system too complex, like there's too much nuance? You know, it's like I have roommates who play Dungeons and Dragons, 
and I'm quite impressed and amazed by the the amount of details they're able to remember about how everything works. Um, and and you know, someone might feel like these structures are so complicated that the average person would forget how it's all supposed to work. Not really. I don't think so. I think that when you talk about it in terms of theory of philosophers and whatnot, then yes, people would think it's too complicated, too nuanced. But when you talk about it in terms of simple concepts, like, um, say, for example, the something that has been taught by some of the greatest philosophers, um, Jesus, Gandhi, Buddha, be, you know, just something as simple as love your neighbor. Anyone can understand that concept. Um, the concept of love your neighbor only becomes confusing when people try to interpret it in a way that lets them not love someone else. So I think that if everyone just understands those basic concepts, then we should have no problems. Um, if everyone understands love your neighbor, everyone will love their neighbors legitimately. Whether they be if a different race of formerly of a different socioeconomic status, if they're um, male, female, non-binary, whatever. I don't think we'll have those issues if we just can learn to adapt those simple principles. So in other words, like Grandma Jane down at the nursing home is still capable of participating in, in anarcho-communism even if she doesn't understand all the uh, details. Yeah. I think if Grandma Jane down, if she does her part, which if in her case her part is just trying to be friendly to the nurses or in if Grandma Jane Down is at the point where she's senile and she doesn't have much to contribute, I think she is still part of an anarcho-communist society. Have you ever taken uh, a big five personality test? There's research on wanting to understand personality and tendency towards political leaning. Interesting. Would you be willing to take a big five personality test and see what it says and see if it would be consistent? I, I would predict, for example, that you would score very high in trait openness. Okay. We'll see. We'll Hold see. Yeah. We'll see if, if that would hold out true. But we'll reconvene later. I think our uh, interface group is about so, to yeah. begin. But Thank you, sir. And then let them know who you are. I'm Michael Taco. Michael Taco. Sweet. He's got he's got a beautiful collection of patches as well and buttons. A bunch more pins on the way.